Sports Cap Radio is back after another long layoff. It's been a long off season. All I've been doing is staring at my phone, looking at mock drafts. But we are back. We are doing the first live podcast that I can remember doing in quite some time. So all three of the boys in the building today got Drew, me, the host, got Marcus and Newman. How you doing, boys? Pretty, pretty, pretty good. Yeah, we're good. Uh, April is fun. It's uh, it's a good month. We just had the Masters last week. You know, we've got uh, Final Four wrapped up. Um, baseball's getting underway, and it's off to a hot start. And then we're looking forward to one of our favorite times of the year, the NFL draft. <laughs> yeah, it, it really yep. is. I, and I was talking to some people, and I was like, Dude, are me and Ro- are me and Drew just like sick? Like, are we just that disgusting? Yep. That we're making a whole weekend out of this. Yep. Yeah, we are. We are, yep. and I love it. If we're <laughs> depraved. I think if I had to list off my favorite sports, I'd go NFL, hockey, NFL draft, baseball, basketball. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is crazy though. The the, the NFL draft this is very much going to be a draft episode nfl we're still trying to keep it nfl it's april that's that's why we took some time off is i don't know if we can put out content every week when all we really want to talk about is the nfl but we are going to talk a little bit of baseball but we're mostly going to talk the nfl yeah (laughs) and the nfl draft and some things that are coming up because it is the nfl is they're just so great at just dominating headlines like the season ends you get Tom Brady announces retirement, so this is how things go. Tom Brady will announce his retirement, and the season ends. And then Aaron Rodgers, he's gonna he's gonna come into the headlines. And then the NFL draft starts starts mocking up, so you get all your mock drafts and everything like that. And then right after the draft, what what hits next? Well, the schedules get released. The schedule, and somehow the NFL milks an entire night prime time releasing the schedule, like. Yeah. Like, you don't have to watch that. You could just tune in the next day and look at the whole schedule. But they go team by team. And I, I, I honestly, the NFL is just incredible at milking the spotlight. Well, yeah, because it can't remember. And on top of that, like that week, week or two leading into it, they start leaking certain games, like yep, the London game. Exactly. Like, but it gets you so hyped up, yeah. so ready for Fuck it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and then in June, you kind of get some of that, like, second window or third window of free agency where it's like uh, post-June 1 cuts, right? So a lot of players wind up getting cut, because especially post-draft and analyzing their needs. Um, so th- that that's another little 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 spike there before we get to July, the dullest month probably of the uh, of the NFL calendar that leads into uh, the Hall of Fame game and then preseason. It is, but somehow the July is it's it's clearly the worst sports month. Um, hockey season's officially over. You know, the NBA I think is. Pretty much over. Pretty much over. If yeah. not, it ends at the beginning of July. But uh, then all you got left, and it's like the you know, it's like the end of last like last call clears, and the lights turn on, <laughs> and you see the one girl that's left at the bar, mm-hmm. like your last chance of going home with somebody, and that's baseball. baseball. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and it really is like the last call analogy stacks up because my relationship with baseball is thus April. I'm excited. I'm rejuvenated. The Rays win 13 games in a row. Like, oh, fuck, am I a baseball fan? I've already been to two games this this year. Um, but then the summer hits, and it's like, ah, you just start fucking, you can't. It's the 162 games. Like, what, what, 
what is your guys's like flow with baseball? When do you tune in? When do you tune out? Or do you, are you tuned in the whole time? Um, I'm pretty much mainly just tuned in when I'm drunk and I'm looking for pitchers I want to bet on. <laughs> um, but do you bet a lot on baseball? Not a lot, a lot. Most of my gambling is really based towards football and hockey. Unless he's going to a game. If he's going to oh, a game, he's 100% betting on yeah, the game. Yeah, I have to. It's a golden rule for me. Um, I, I know some bettors that are think that baseball is the easiest sport to bet on. Some of them. I, there's a lot of good props. Um, I like first run plays like that. I just um, I don't watch it enough. And like I'm not as invested enough to like confidently, you know, shed out dollars every week. Right. But um, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll probably make you know a couple of bets throughout, you know, a couple of bets a week, couple low, low, <laughs> couple couple low dollar feelers. Oh, only a, only a degenerate could not even watch a sport and still make a couple of bets a week on it. <laughs> I uh, I'm pretty locked in most of the most baseball season. I'm a big baseball guy, so um, I have like three fantasy baseball leagues, so I definitely. You know, I'm, I'm definitely analyzing it from that perspective, if not watching the Rays most of the nights that they're on. Well, that was definitely a trick question with Newman, because Newman is truly locked into every sport, pretty much the full breadth of the of the season. So I just can't, I can't fucking do it, dude. It's it's so long, and truthfully, yep. I, I, I just put so much energy into the NFL season and hockey season and, you know, getting let down that much every single year. It's, I can't do it with baseball as well. Well, baseball is more casual, though, so that's, you know, that that allows it, it. Each loss doesn't hurt quite as much. Right. Yeah. Let's let's talk about baseball for a second, and we don't do that often. Uh, we did a, uh, we actually did a baseball preview episode last year, mm-hmm. and I remember I ended the episode by going, well, that's a baseball podcast, and then we never did another one again. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't think we even talked about baseball for the rest of the rest of the summer. Um, but gotta say, I think I kind of like baseball now. Yeah. Fuck. New rule changes. They've got you. They roped you in. You have 162 game season. You can't have three and a half hour games. Yeah. It can't be as long as the NFL. This, the, these new sketch, these new changes to the rules. First of all, it used to always piss me off. So I first got into baseball in 2008 when the, when the Rays first made their run, went to mm-hmm. the World Series. And Big Poppy, every time we used to play the Red Sox, what he would do with his fucking gloves, every single, what wasn't it, wasn't just every at-bat, it was yeah. every pitch. Yeah. He would step und- out, undo his gloves. Undo his gloves, like, redo his gloves. Like, yeah. fuck you, dude. Like, you, and, and Big Poppy, like, during this, like, that clock, I've, I've been to two games now, like, that clock ticks, 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 ticks. Yeah. And once it gets to one second, the pitcher has to be throwing, the bat- batter has to be ready. And so the batter actually has to be in the box and have, make eye contact with the pitcher <laughs> by eight seconds left on the clock. Okay. So they, yeah. And the pitcher has to make eye contact with the, with the, um, the batter before they're allowed to start their windup. Mm-hmm. So, and the windup has to be started by one second left on the clock. So it it does force the batter to be in the box, which I think actually was what was slowing it down more than anything. There were pitchers that wanted to work quick and just weren't able to because the batter would just sit outside the box. Oh, I'm going to step out. I know that was I'm big with do, Scherzer. I'm going to do my toe tap, and I'm going to do this other stuff. I'm going to do my stretching. Like, do you remember Joe McEwing back mm-hmm. in the day? He would he had this, like, ridiculously elaborate um, in-between pitch, like, routine that he would go through. Uh, Garcia Parra, too. Um, before every pitch, and it, it, no ma, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just that's just too much to go bat two twenty. 
Um, but right. what, what, I, what I'm taking away from this is Drew says that uh, Big Poppy couldn't play in today's uh, age of baseball. No, I, I, I <laughs> he'd adjust, but I, I'm actually saying yeah. the opposite. What, what I love about this is these peop- these guys with these big heads and these annoying routines. You don't got a choice. Yeah, this is the rule now. Mm-hmm. Adjust. Yeah. So um, I haven't all I'm paying attention to is a raise. Yeah. Um, first of all, are runs up at all? Yes, runs yes, scoring is up. Be. So you know the other changes that they made they 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 uh they made they modified the shift rules. So you have to have two um two players on both sides of second base, and they have to be on the clay at the start of the pitch. So you know the over shifting where they would have an extra guy in right field, they're not able to do that. But what's the logic behind that? Why do they want to do that? So that increases um, balls in play turning into hits, right? Which incentivize players to not just try to swing for the fences, instead try to put the ball in play, right. less strikeouts, right? Because strikeouts are boring for, from the fan perspective. Um, the other thing that they did is they increased the size of the bases and they made this rule where a pitcher is only allowed to uh, disengage from the rubber twice during each at bat. So if you have a runner on first base, yep, you can't you can't just keep throwing them out. Well, one, you can't yeah. keep throwing over. You also can't just like step off and like because they would do that too, where they'd just step off and, and delay the process and then step back on and then throw another pitch. You get two disengagements. After that, the runner can you know it gives them an advantage. They can take off, uh, get a bigger lead and stuff like that, unless the pitcher actually picks him off and they succeed in getting him out. Wow, so that's going to lead to a lot more stolen bases. Absolutely. So, And stolen bases are up a lot. A Dude, lot. like uh, Ricky Henderson could oh possibly come out of retirement. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody asked Ricky Henderson uh, how many bases he would steal in this environment. He's like, he's like 200. Dude, <laughs> uh, so, you know, I think, I think everyone has, there, there's, baseball is a stat sport. It's it's like if you love stats, pull up a ba- some baseball stats. There's a couple of players that you can just go wild on and just sit on the toilet and masturbate to. <laughs> and I'll, I'll give you them. Number one, Barry Bonds, of course. Sure. Uh, go look at any of Barry Bonds. It, it, his 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 whole career is just ridiculous. But Ricky Henderson's career numbers are fucking stupid. Yeah. And it's not just that he stole stole over a hundred bases like several times in no. his career. It's also that it's also that he was a fucking fantastic hitter, uh, career like nine hundred hitter. He has um, over three thousand hits. He has the most total. He had at one point the most total bases in all of Major League Baseball. Yeah. At one point in time, Ricky Henderson was the all time leader in walks. Yep. Exactly. If there's one guy on the planet that you do not want to walk, it's Ricky Henderson, and he still, at one point in time, was the all-time leader in walks. That's insane. It's because he had an Ichiro-like uh, discipline at the plate, and uh, it, Ricky Henderson is one of these guys, like, you know, the, we say it a lot, there will never be another Ricky Henderson, and I'm pretty confident. So, from the point in time at which Ricky Henderson um, broke Lou Brock's stolen base record, right, he stole, you know, like a bunch more bases, in the amount of time, like, so, like, he's so far ahead of the next guy, the amount of players that have active, act, but like, active players that have stolen, or no, not even active players. Since that period of time, the number of players that have actually stolen bases and have eclipsed the number separating him and the next best stolen base guy is, like, it's not even touchable. Ricky Henderson, <laughs> so he has 1,406 stolen bases. 1,406. Think about that. If you had a 14-year career, that means that he a- 
averaged a hundred. And of course, bases. he had yeah. like a twenty-one year career. Uh, but he was like twenty-three. It's, but it's, yeah, it's it's insanity. But and and towards the end of his career, he was just a good hitter. He wasn't that great at stealing bases. But yeah, so fourteen oh six, second place, Lou Brock, nine thirty-eight. So yeah. almost half. Yeah, like insanity. he has he has like four hundred plus more stolen bases than Lou Brock. And the last like who's the last player to get to four hundred plus stolen bases? Like there's like four. So that that segment, by the way, folks, for anybody listening at home, that's what I like to call the Sports Cap Radio player jerk off session. And we, we 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 do it to a lot of guys, but actually the first year we were a podcast, we used to just pause and just praise Patrick Mahomes or Patrick Mahomes. Uh-huh. And that was before Patrick Mahomes had won a Super Bowl. It was like when Patrick Mahomes was kind of like a nobody and it was kind of cool. Now we hate Patrick Mahomes. So <laughs> But so that that's what that was. But let's get back to baseball. The bigger bases, they're not just bigger; they're fucking huge. They're like beanbag chairs out there. They're really? huge, yeah. dude. They, so they flipped them up because I saw a picture. They're like four times the size of the old base. Like they're massive. Um, and so I kept telling my dad when we went to see the thirteenth game in a row that the, the the Rays won. I was like, the bases are fucking huge. I don't know if you can see them. And he's like, oh, they don't look that much bigger. Well, they pulled one out of the ground for whatever reason. They were doing some some maintenance, and my dad was like, "Holy shit, they do! They're absolutely huge." Does that is that going to increase runs too? So, I mean, theoretically, uh, it'll inc- by increasing stolen bases. Stolen bases statistically, if you steal a base in an inning, it increases your chances of scoring a run that inning by like. 80% or something like right. that. So if you increase stolen bases, then you increase run scoring. You put more runners in scoring position, you're more like, and you increase, and like with the shift, now a ground ball scores a lot more runners from second base, right? So yeah, it, it's it, it's all working towards increasing more of um, more of the, the, the run environment for sure. Um, but also action, right? People want action. They don't just want strikeouts and home runs. Nobody wants, I mean, pe- people that say that they really like a good defensive battle in the NFL kind of make me a little bit sick. Um, <laughs> and and every once in a while, sure. Maybe in the playoffs, like, yeah. okay. Regular season, especially like a Thursday night football game, I don't want to see a defensive battle. And if, if I'm just tuning in to some random team that's not my own, like, I don't want to see a fucking pitching duel. Pitching duels are boring. I'm sorry. They're boring as fuck. Yeah, I like to see my pitcher cruising and then my offense killing yeah. it that's what i want of course to see. <laughs> I, I think i think the defensive battle part too always gets tossed around the wrong way because sometimes it's just bad offense it, yeah mm-hmm. but like even going back to like like the uh rams patriots super bowl i actually enjoyed it for that split because there's some very impressive like like systematic like play calling de- mm-hmm. design schemes to you know make it that's what i liked it but i'm with you as a steelers fan a lot, a lot of low scoring games can be uh, pretty tedious yeah yeah. Um, so, all right. Uh, it's crazy. Baseball has been resisting changes for years. Mm-hmm. And, and it's been for no other reason but that it's the way things have been. They've made these changes in baseball. It, like, they're getting praised. I, I've never seen baseball get showered with praise like this. Like, this is a really good thing. Um, and at a really good time for our team, the Rays, we're trying to get a stadium built like this might be a turning point for baseball, like straight up. Um, it is pretty exciting. Uh, I, I, I my, my question is, uh, when are they going to do what needs to be done, which is the ultimate change that needs to be done? When are they going to institute computer umps and take these motherfuckers out? of the So game? they they are working on they they've installed that in the minor leagues, but 
they're now leaning towards instead of doing that, doing a challenge option where the like each team gets three challenges per game, and if you get it challenge right, you get to keep it right. But you can instead challenge the umpire's call, and it goes to a computerized system where it just has it and like tells them whether they're like instantaneously you're right or wrong on that um, if they challenge it. That way, they're not reviewing every single call because there can be issues with um, with robot umps. I don't know that we actually get to that point. They're probably going to tr- install the challenge thing first and see how that works. If it works well, then they won't. Um, but it, if it doesn't work, then maybe they will eventually get to that point. Uh, I did hear an, inter- an interview with Theo Epstein that he did where he talked about it in depth. Um, pretty good laying out for the reasons against doing that. Like people hacking systems and making ball strike calls on their own when there's a lot of money on the line? Sure, that could be one. Also, technology sometimes fails, right? And if you haven't had umpires calling games and balls and strikes for a long time, maybe they're out of practice, so they wouldn't be effective if something should happen. Or it's like, well, we're not going to just not play the game because the the system's down, you know? Yeah, and I mean, plus, I feel like you should, I mean, short of actual, actual robots out there, you're not going to have an umpire to shout at and kick dirt at and eject you from the game like that. That's still part of it. Whatever glitches or errors the computer could come up with, it's still going to be better than Angel Hernandez on any given day. Well, yeah, Angel Hernandez probably needs to just like be removed from baseball because he's so bad. Why is he not? I mean, it's crazy that it's universally known among coaches, players, that this guy sucks at his job. Yeah. Sucks at it. Makes makes Sports Center and fucking headlines yeah. all the time for his bad calls. Still there. Yeah. What? There's Why? just it's just they're like there's this thing where if you read an article, it's like about umpires and stuff. It's like so certain umpires are blah blah blah, and it's like uh, I saw one where they categorized it, and it's like um, you know umpires like just slightly off or whatever, or the way off, or uh, the umpires just being Angel Hernandez. <laughs> <laughs> fucked up i mean he, he clearly lets his emotions get in the way and all this but all right any other things about baseball before we move on <laughs> i think we're i think we're good the rays uh the rays came back and won today so uh four game lead atop the al east go rays go rays all right so now now comes the nfl segment uh it's been on my mind i can't get any answers i google it a lot but uh, the NFL Sunday ticket has changed to YouTube TV this year. It's going to be big. DirecTV has had NFL Sunday ticket. I remember my dad first got it in, like, 2002. It has been a long fucking time. And my dad got it, like, way before a lot of people did. Um, and uh, so DirecTV has kind of had a stranglehold on this. Now it's going to be completely streaming-based. They released the pricing. It's, quote-unquote, more expensive than DirecTV, but... There's a lot of factors to that. Like, if you actually bought DirecTV service to get Sunday Ticket, it's significantly cheaper because DirecTV was expensive as shit just for their basic package. Right. Um, but if you were in a market where you qualified for the streaming Sunday Ticket, it's significantly more expensive. But my question is about this and this whole streaming thing, there's a couple things that I just don't think they've thought out. Number one, what are sports bars gonna, going to do? How, how are sports bars going to do this? Because it's no longer cable-based. Um, do, do we know anything about like what, what that's going to be logistically for sports bars? So I, there are sports bars that already have um, set up to use streaming services and stuff at their bars. 
uh, obviously. So they're equipped to do it in that respect. Um, but it is still going to be an issue in terms of, one, how much internet are they going to need, like, in order to, you know, handle all the streaming loads and stuff that they're going to have. Um, then you're going to have to deal with uh, things like gambling, right? Like, because streamers, we all know, it's on a slight delay, right? No matter how Almost a stream. minute. Yeah. So Almost a full minute. So, I mean, that that if you're a live better or anything like that, I know Marcus and I were talking about it before the pod, like that's going to significantly impact your ability to, to gamble on things um, that you're not going to want to do. So, but it's not like you have an option of getting a cable package or something to, you know, to combat that. Like I know there's people specifically out there that are like, I, I'm a gambler. So because of that, I have the actual cable and I just, that is my investment. I don't do the streaming and but stuff But you can like only that. watch local games. Right. Well, so that you're only why betting on those local games, no, but, they, but they had, so they had like direct TV, right. Or whatever Yeah, they had, they had whatever that service services were depending on whatever they needed in order to do it so that they could do the live, the live betting. Well, that's no longer an option because streaming is the only option for Sunday ticket now. So yeah, that's, I mean, it's going to play a huge factor and the NFL is becoming more and more willing to talk about gambling. So yeah, I, this is, it's going to be interesting to see how they sort this out. I don't know what their plan is, um, but yeah. It's having a delay and trying to gamble is not good for business. No, not at all. But just even past like live betting, because it's, re it's really a small percentage of people that do live betting. Um, but honestly, I'm, I'm beyond ecstatic about it because the way I look at it, we're pretty much looking at like two weekends not being at the bars and I'm even for the season. So I'm good with that. And, you know, obviously you've had Sunday ticket. I've had it. When it fucking rains, you're shit out of luck. Yeah. That nothing can ruin a day, <clears throat> a day of football, like a rainstorm. So at least now with with the streaming option, um, I'm curious how, how the how the devices are going to work. Yeah. Because I've got, you know, I have three, four TVs set up in areas. How so. long before DirecTV just goes bankrupt? That was, that's the big, that's the big thing. So it, it, it'll always be necessary in like rural areas. But yeah, DirecTV is literally maintained relevance because of Sunday Ticket. I mean, it's straight up. My dad has had Sunday Ticket for decades because yeah. of it. And the second that DirecTV dropped it, my dad fucking cut the cord immediately. Yeah. It's funny, like like a two-decade uh, relationship with DirecTV just severed in a half a second. Yeah. And, and so people complaining about the cost, like you aren't thinking this whole thing through. Uh, the DirecTV service... Pack coupled with this package, mm. very very expensive. Yeah, we're talking over a hundred dollars a month for the service, like, and that's for the basic package with like the sports channels, YouTube TV with the sports channels, sixty bucks a month. Yeah, you pay two hundred. I think it's what two forty nine. It's two. It, I mean, if you get in the early bird, it's a little yeah, cheaper. I think it's two seventy or something like that for for the for the. Uh, for the full, for, for like the base DirecTV package, and then you have to pay extra for like Red Zone and all this. But um, I've had YouTube TV for uh, like seven months now. Mm -hmm. We cut the cord a while ago. Love it. Yeah. I, I have nothing but good things to say about it. However, one thing this is going to affect group chats. Be weary of your group chats <laughs> during because the games. This, this year, I would be watching games on YouTube TV and I'd be like, you know, like we always do live talking about the games on our on our fucking NFL group chat and then 
Boom. Something would get spoiled because do you, people that are watching live were getting it way do, before. Do you remember in college where we had the two TVs set up at uh, your house? Mm-hmm. And one of the TVs was further ahead than the other TV. Yeah. And literally, we would just, like, fuck with them at some points if you were yeah. watching the, the, the fast TV. The, the TV in the other room, the bar room. Yeah. It's like, oh, what a touchdown. That, that should happen. Like, at bars, so annoying. Same yeah. game, like, side oh, by side. Or, yeah. Awful. And, uh, but I've had that same issue because on my the one of my like main television it has to have the roku stick so that's mm-hmm. delayed yeah and Steelers games i have to have my phone down for that exact reason but my fucking dad you know how many times he's called me <laughs> hell yeah have you seen that play i was like no bitch you know i didn't see that <laughs> oh whoa, what a good play yeah i saw that play now thanks don't fucking call me during Steelers games anymore <laughs> wait till after the game to call dad straight up like <laughs> I think I've literally seen you have that interaction with your dad where he, like, texted you, and you're like, ah, oh, fuck, I didn't even know that just happened. Yeah, it's yeah. And it's just so far behind. I'm like, come on, man. Um, the other thing, though, about the DirecTV, like, with ESPN Plus becoming a thing, like, if you're watching college football, you also don't need DirecTV package as a bar. So, like, the bars should totally pretty much do away with it because – Especially the rain thing, like that had to suck for them all the time. It's like, uh, rain, TVs are out. This is why people are here to watch the games anyway. Like, so they won't have that issue. So for that reason, it's a positive. Um, and they can just cut the cord on on the direct TV and just have you know their YouTube TV package instead set up. Yeah, I was actually watching a. Uh, I was at a cigar bar um, just a couple days ago in Miami, and I was watching one of the Rays games playing the Red Sox, and uh, literally the. Red Sox guy goes like this, <laughs> and he freezes, and he's like mid mid throw, and uh, I'm like, ah, oh, what the fuck? It, it, it was like towards a full count or whatever, and I'm like, oh, what the fuck? And and then all of a sudden it says signal, you know, blah Lost, blah. Yeah, comes on like four minutes later, and the Rays had score like three runs, and I'm like, <laughs> shit, I just fucking missed all that. Yeah. Um, and that shit never like freezes during commercials. It's always like an important parts of the yep. games. Yep. <laughs> 100%. So, uh, yep. So, it's going to be interesting. Um, I think Google is going to find a way to make it work. Uh, but I think for bars, it could be a challenge. For, I think, the individual, it's awesome. I fucking love it. I'm going to get Sunny Ticket every year for the rest of my life because I've always lived in Tampa and I've always been a Vikings fan. So, yeah. um, it's great. I can't I can't wait. Um, and like you said, if, if, if I can avoid going to bars, Christ almighty, dude. If I'm going to go to bars to watch a game, we're talking, dude, I think seven, eight alcoholic beverages, easy wings. I mean, we're talking a $150 bar tab. Like it's, yeah. it's fucking expensive. So people that complain about this, like, okay, like, what are you complaining about? It's fucking 270 bucks. That's two bar visits. Yeah. That, that's not calling the plug one time <laughs> after <laughs> after day drinking and watching your team shit the bed. Yeah, uh, Trevor asking what a plug was the other day. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm looking forward to it. That it's gonna be it's gonna be great for for us viewers. So yeah, uh, I also think Google will do some interesting stuff. Like um, Bill Simmons has talked about like. With DirecTV, how cool would it be if it's like, you know, how there's the multi-game package where you can be watching, like, four games at once? Yeah. But it's, like, always shitty. Like, you get stuck with, like, a shitty game that you don't want on it. It's, like, Google will probably be willing to be, like, yeah, pick your games, like, so that you can I pick. Thought, I thought you could change it with Game Mix. I thought you could change the games that were on there. I mean, it's pretty rigid, I felt like, um, mm. in terms of what you could do. But, not like, 
So with with the uh, because my dad had Directv, I could use the Sunday Ticket app, um, and with that you could customize the four games that were on there. So yeah, okay. YouTube TV will definitely do that. Yeah. I guarantee it. So I mean, and I'm sure they'll they'll come up with a bunch of other creative stuff because obviously they're being run by one of the smarter companies in the planet. Right. Yeah. All right. So let, let, let's talk about something else here. Um, and I think I hate these more than anything on earth. And yet I consume them at a rate that's kind of disgusting. Um, mock drafts. The bane, the bane. Of, all right. So, so people that do mock drafts make me sick in every way. Uh, and I'm and I'm going to tell you why. Well, first of all, what is what is your guys' relationship with them? Do you hate them and eat and eat them every single day like I do, or what do you do with mock drafts? I like to read them so that I can see what stupid player that they decided to send to my team, and I was like, no, that's never going to happen. What what do you hate? <laughs> what do you hate the most about mock drafts? Though? like, what what do mock draft people do that pisses you off? Because I have some, I have one thing specific that just infuriates me so much. I think that they don't factor into what teams like historically do uh, sometimes. A lot of them don't don't consider that. And then the other thing is they like like you just see like some player that they love so they like force them down the board to like a team that they want to pick them instead of being like why would that player ever get to that spot? You know what I mean? Like somebody is going to have them way ahead, but they're like, no, he's such a perfect fit for this team that I'm going to send him to that team. It's yeah, like, just, if, even if I have to drop him four, four spots in the, uh, you know, in my mock draft, right? It's so stupid. Bad information. Um, and like the, the one you had just posted the other day, like they didn't even take the time to put the correct draft picks. Yeah. So like they had like that Vikings trade, giving up the third overall pick, stupid things like that. But for the most part, it's kind of like, Everything we're still seeing on like the mainstream media, every, everyone gets one bit of information and everyone's regurgitating it. Pretty much everyone's fucking mock drafts are copy paste, change a few words, pretty much like spark noting and then doing it. And but none of it changes or none of it has any like real value. Well, and that's a, the other thing is like in terms of what the draft actually is, it really only takes one team to like a player. Like we always watch. And you know that the Seattle Seahawks are going to make some fucking weird pick, right? Like, they're going to take some guy that's not on the board for anybody that we haven't seen mocked to it's anyone. It's going to be like yeah. a running back from Ball State. <laughs> or, or like a linebacker or something like that. Like, what are you doing taking that guy there? Um, and it's probably not going to work out, at least of recent times, unless your last year where it worked out for him. But, like... Yeah, they just have some teams just are weird. They're weird as fuck. So you can't really predict what they're actually going to do. Um, and it's, yeah, it's really hard to predict that. So it's like they don't even try. So here's my mock draft rant. Um, I consume mock drafts. If you want clicks, put out a stupid fucking mock draft. I'm going to click your dumb fucking mock draft. Oh, I know. And, 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 you, know, and you know what? The biggest bitch slap that mock drafters do is they'll do like Mel Kuyper mock draft 13.0. Like you put out 13 of these, you dumb motherfucker. Holy shit. And I've read all 13. <laughs> <of them>. <laughs> <laughs> no. So here's my mock draft. He tweaks it. One player. Number one, number one pet peeve, hypothetical trades. Yeah. Fuck your hypothetical trade. It's so stupid, dude. Mock draft. Hypothetical trades are so stupid. I'm sorry. But you do not have the information capable of making that call. It's purely just a, oh, look what could happen. It's so fucking random. If, if you look at draft day trades historically, 
they are so fucking random. You cannot predict what team is 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 drafting with what. So I th- I think like you know, in the, the most common one, the, the the team that has just been absolutely prostituted out this this off season is the Cardinals' third pick. Every single fucking mock draft I read is the Cardinals trading out the third pick to X team. And it's whatever team they want to like sensationalize. It's it's been the Raiders drafting up to get Will who's Levis. Gonna, who's going to draft up to take a quarterback in the Cardinals? Exactly. Spot. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's it it's it drives me nuts. Hypoth- hypoth- if you're a mock drafter and you do a hypothetical trades, go fuck yourself, <laughs> dude. If you're going to mock draft, just do it with where the teams are picking and what you think based on value and what their needs are. Yeah. That is the most logical thing. The whole trade thing, like, holy shit, that's so fucking stupid. And then I've seen some mock drafters that once they do the hypothetical trade, if they if that team trades picks, then they will mock draft for the picks that they hypothetically traded. Yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? Right. So, like, the Cardinals get X pick. Yeah. Because they traded their third pick. So now they're drafting at nine and, and and so then they draft for the Cardinals at nine. Like, dude, now we're going down a whole rabbit hole. Your mock draft is is officially invalidated in, in yeah. my mind. Like, unless you have some information that shows that, like, the Eagles are planning on, on trading up or, like, whatever, like... Not going to happen. Your mock draft is stupid. I'm sorry. Yeah. But I'm going to read the shit out of it. <laughs> I'm going to read it every time. You know, I... My... My... Like love hate with everything, but like this is me reading mock drafts, especially like this year specifically. As soon as I get to Anthony Richardson at three, yep. I'm already over it. So it's gonna happen. I, I I all I do is I just see that and say you're stupid. Then I scroll down. I look to see like who they who think they got the Steelers well, taken. It's, it's usually Jets, Steelers, Patriots. Um, and Vikings, so I just like to those are like the teams I look at to yeah, see your and, friends' teams, and, and I literally just skip over everything else, and I'm like, all right, next, yeah. So he, here, here's the end of my mock draft rant, and then we can move on. Uh, so another thing is that a, a person that is not even connected with the team who has no information about what their strategy is or anything will come up with a mock draft, and then USA Today, who owns every single team that it's it's always Vikings wire or Steelers wire. It's the dumbest. If you if you ever open a sports article and it says USA Today on it, close that fucking article. It's stupid. <laughs> so so then they'll say they'll say uh, Steelers possibly making big trade in draft, and you're like, holy shit, they have some information about a possible trade. No, dip shit over here said that a trade was going to happen in his mock draft based on absolutely nothing. Yeah. And then they're reporting it as if it's new information. It's not. It's a hypothetical. You're you're literally reporting a hypothetical as if it's like a lead or or, or like, like a tip, a hot tip. Yeah. I, I think something like that actually just did happen with the Steelers. Oh, it happens all the time. It's fucking ridiculous. The, um, and there's like with the hypotheticals of like trading up to nine. Yeah. And then uh, I don't know if it was Fowler or someone else, but they're like, no. There's no fucking chance that, that type of information's getting out if they were remotely interested in moving up to nine. That that stays in house, like, straight yeah. up. And 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 guys that have been doing mock drafts. The funniest thing about mock drafts, the guys that have been doing it the longest are the worst at it. Yeah, Mel Kiper sucks. Holy shit, that guy sucks but, at his but job. But he always gets like 27 of the 32 picks right in his last mock draft. Yeah. The one like right before the draft. <laughs> like, I, But it's like, well, you've put out 100 of them. So yeah. you're, you're bound to be right somewhere. <laughs> Dude, I, I, hate, I, I just mock drafts like, oh, oh. To, to, to round out the rant, my favorite mock draft of all time 
is literally the day after the draft is over, they do a way too early mock draft for 2024. <laughs> yeah. So uh, tune in on Monday. CBS Sports is going to have a way too early 2024 mock draft, and it's already going to be ready to go on that fucking Monday. It is yeah. the biggest fuck you to the reader that you could possibly put out. But here's the thing. People click on it. Todd yep. McShay's talked about this. He's oh, I, like, I click he's on like, it. He's like, it's the it's the thing that I hate, that I that I enjoy doing the least yep. is making that up this random thing for next year when we have no like we don't you know we're missing so much well, information for me and like for me that that once I click it as well it I, I don't care about what player they think I just want to see where they think we're gonna finish for the yeah. season like <laughs> I, I want to know if they're gonna predict this in the playoffs like win the Super Bowl because they should every year but <laughs> and, and that's and that's exact exactly it like. What what you were saying um, about Bill Simmons or or Mel Kiper yeah. is is so true because since we've run a website and you can produce content and then see how much it's getting clicked, mm. you see why these websites are doing what they're doing. Yeah, I have wrote fantastic articles, articles I have put a lot of time into. Things that are just, in, in my opinion, like some of my best work. And then I wrote the dumbest fucking things possible, but it had a good hook to it. So that, and, th- and those things are getting 10 times the clicks as the article that I put a lot of, and that's the nature of media these days. I, I had the same issue many yeah. times. It's, it but is. It's I do want to let you guys know that the last time that I did a mock draft, I did hit more than Mel Kuyper in his last one. I'll bet you did. <laughs> because you're not fucking... <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> so to say something, I'm glad I didn't. Um, all right, so our next segment is we all have a team. Newman, you actually have two, so you have to choose one. <laughs> Which one? Uh, you, you choose. We're, we're gonna go. You choose. Let's go. Let's go. Bucks. All right. I think Bucks are more intriguing um, because we don't know what's going on with the Jets. Your second team. So we'll start with you, Newman. Uh, dream scenario for your wet, team. In wet this dream draft. scenario. Yeah. Wet. What's your wet dream scenario for this draft? Like, um, what, what's the best thing that could possibly happen for the Bucks? The best thing that could happen for the Bucks is they completely, tr- like, you have to trade down, acquire a bunch more picks, preferably to a Where team. What do they pick at? They pick 19. Okay. I, th- I believe. So prefer- You're not going to get a lot of picks for that, but. Well, I mean, you never know. But the idea is trade, somebody wants to trade up. Let's say the Baltimore Ravens really like Hendon Hooker uh, to replace Lamar Jackson. And so they trade up from 22 to 19. And then Hendon Hooker's not ready to go, and they roll out Tyler Huntley. And, uh, un, uh, you know, unlike what Marcus thinks about Tyler Huntley, he actually sucks, and they, they have a terrible season and bomb. And the Jets wind up with, like, the first pick next year so they can take uh, Caleb Williams. How, you, how, how do you get back to the Jets <laughs> that, from there? I know. How the fuck did you bleed in the you Jets? Son, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Bastard. Jets, Jets, Bucks, either one. Either one, I'd be happy with that. So I don't, I don't understand. <laughs> what, what happened with the Bucks? I missed it. They trade down. They get the the first round pick for next year, right, as part of the move, and then they wind up. So you somehow took one of your teams and you traded with the other team, you son of a yeah. fuck. No, bitch. they trade down to the, the the Bucks trade down to the Ravens, is what I said. But how did how did the Jets get incorporated? I, I, I just I got that. confused. And okay, <laughs> I said Jets instead of Bucks. Yeah, but I, yeah, I, the I, idea is to get uh, one of Drake May or Caleb Williams for next year for the Jets because I think Kyle Trask sucks. I don't think Baker May feels much better. Um, that's a team that has a lot of issues in terms of their personnel. All I'm going to say about that is yes, we think the 24, 24 draft class is going to be exceptional for quarterbacks. A lot of people thought the 2023 NFL or quarterback draft class was going to be exceptional as well. 
Yeah, and a couple, couple of those it, guys are going to be waiting out until 2024 because of their struggles well, last season. 2023 is definitely better than 2022. Yes. Right? Undoubtedly, yes. And so now yes. we're just saying that we think the 2024 is better than 2023, which I right now I think I agree in terms of what is looking forward. Um, I just remember a time when it was guaranteed that Bryce Young was going to be ridiculous. And, uh, oh, I'm sorry, Bryce Howard. Bryce, no, it is Bryce Young. I know, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm joking. Yeah. I, 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 folks, I don't know why, but I keep calling Bryce Young Bryce Howard, and I, I can't stop doing it. Uh, C.J. Stroud was going to be the, the definitive number two pick. I think we also thought more guys were going to come out this year. Sure. Um, but, uh, yeah. All right, Marcus, dream scenario for the Steelers. So here's my uh, my mock. I'm going to mock these trades. Um, <laughs> oh, you son of a bitch. <laughs> you piece of shit. Um, uh, obviously, I'm a big Joey Porter Jr. fan. Uh, yeah, big physical, just fits everything. So take him at seventeen. Oh, you've no shot of that. Probably, oh, I can't I know what dream scenarios. I don't think that that's impossible. Well, I I think he's the first cornerback off the board. Well, they they actually have him sliding down as like yeah. the so third there's, corner. There's like three or four cornerbacks like in in I, contention for the number one corner. But off I'm, the board. I'm I'm with you. I think he's the best cornerback in the draft. Um, but I'm I'm happy to see other guys sliding up so he could fall down. So, but. Him, him at 17, or, you know, if we have to move a few picks to get him. But Joey Porter Jr. is my number one for sure. Uh, offense tackle, there still should be some solid ones sitting there at 32. And then uh, a guy like Brian Breesey, who's, like, fallen nice. down the board so much, man. Yeah. I, I'd, I'd love him at, if we can – even if we had him at 32, but if, if we got him at 49, that'd be a steal. You know, we have, we're talking a guy that – a top 10 pick potential – some injuries and stuff like that, but he's going to fill a need as Cam Hayward, you know, is nearing his end. But that that'd be my uh, my 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 wet my wet dreams over in for Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah. so I I have several um, just popping off in my head. Joey Porter being one. Um, I I think there's a chance he's a top ten pick, maybe even I I don't I don't think he slips past twenty. Uh, the Vikings. Who I'm, who I'm talking about, are picking at 23. I don't think there's any chance we trade up because we just don't have the draft capital to do it. Love Joey Porter Jr., absolutely. Um, Brian Branch from Alabama, another dream scenario. This is a safety that could potentially play cornerback. He's also big enough that he can possibly be like kind of like a hybrid liner, step up, uh, do a lot of blitzing. Um, but the guy that I really am weirdly... Um, just in love with, and I don't think he fits our system at all, but I'm just going to declare right now that I think he's going to be a great player as Kwaja Kansi. Um, I have a little boner for undersized defensive tackles. Uh, the, from, from Pitt? The, well, I, I wonder why. Not not just from Pitt. John, John uh, Randall. John Randall is the greatest undersized tackle. I mean, he's the greatest undrafted player of all time. The greatest NFL undrafted player of all time. You could argue Kurt Warner. I've seen a lot of rankings. Anyways, I'm going with John Randall. I mean, he he's still up there like top five for sacks. He's a defensive tackle. He literally wore chains around his 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 stomach, and he put wore baggy clothes when they did a weigh in because he knew he had to weigh over 260 for teams to even look at him. He was weighing like 240, 250. That's how undersized this guy was. Uh, one of the greatest defensive tackles of all time. He changed the position. You you don't even have uh, Aaron Donald without John Randall. And Kwaja Kansi, he re- I, I really do think this guy is going to be really good. I don't think he potentially fits our system, but 
hey, if he's there and he falls to us in a lot of a lot of, uh, I just don't know if he fits the three four. But I would yeah. love Kawhi Kansi. Yeah, I mean, you'd probably have to play him at like end more. Yeah, that's, um, that's, which he doesn't but, fit our system. But here, but here's the thing: uh, a lot of defensive coordinators have moved to more of a multiple scheme thing, so they will use different different formations and stuff like that in terms of like five man fronts, right? Like that's become more in vogue in the NFL, especially early downs when you know the team's planning on running and stuff like that, or uh, heavy run situations. So, uh, I mean, I. I think that Flores would be a guy that's going to be able to use him. I don't think that they like they're going to like his metrics because he is smaller, and they tend to at least from what we've seen of Flores, he's tend to prefer you know the beasts like Christian Wilkins out of Clemson, um, who they took, uh, and that, that worked out really well for him. So, so now I'm going to flip this, and I didn't even tell you guys about this pre pod, so you couldn't even. Let's go real quick. What's your draft nightmare, Newman, uh, for the Bucks? What, what what's your draft nightmare? Something you've seen in mocks and yeah. something that scares you. Jason Light reaching either on a quarterback or drafting Bijan Robinson in the first round. <laughs> That's because something that you is would a very do. that is a very Jason yes. Light move to do. Yep. Behind him trading up for another kicker. <laughs> That's pretty wolf. Wolf. Um for Pittsburgh, man, just keep the, the only nightmare really is trading up in the first round to trying to like just giving and up drafting some, another linebacker. Well, well yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> like but just, just handing away picks because right now they're at a spot, they're kinda like right in that tweener spot where the picks for depth have hold so much value. Mm-hmm. So you you know, maybe if a couple guys aren't there, trade back a few spots would be ideal. So but losing those the limited picks to move up would be the nightmare. Yeah, it so many it's it's a sensational thing people want to say the vikings are trading up we don't have the draft capital to do it which means we're already mortgaging our 2024 draft to to fucking trade up and what are we trading up for will levis get the fuck out of here i i I would be so fucking pissed off so will levis is my ultimate nightmare we trade up to like 10 or 11 and get will will levis i don't think he's gonna last that long but no 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 trade up to nine where the bears pick so that the Bears. Oh my and God. give up your next year's first round pick. <laughs> um, Jalen Carter has been tumbling down some boards. Uh, could he be on a free fall path, kind of like Nicobe Dean was last year? Like I, I've heard some crazy things about Jalen Carter. I, I, I don't think so. I think he winds up going because you. I think that you have a bunch of teams that would be willing to overlook some of the red flags. Like we've seen this, like before. that he potentially kills like no so, like someone at 17 would overlook overlook it yeah, for sure for well sure. so for instance uh we saw the cardinals overlook some some red flags with like teron matthew and robert kenghiche before right we've seen seattle overlook red flags they're picking fifth right so uh i mean i would i would assume that they would very much see would be willing to take him at fifth if not trade down a little bit a couple and then uh, take him somewhere later. Um, I totally see the Eagles taking him at 10. I think that's probably the floor oh, for it's him. That's fucking terrifying. Yeah. If the Eagles get Jalen Carter, it's over. Right, exactly. So, <laughs> I mean, that's that, that. I think that's the floor, and I think that the Eagles would just be like, this is a luxury pick because it's not even our pick. It's, you know, our pick that we got from the Saints. Let's just take the best player available, and he is the best player in the draft. So, yeah. Um, yeah, that would not surprise Should me there all. be any concerns, though, for, like, you know, not to harp off too much, but egg coming in out of shape after everything, uh, you know, that happened in January. But, man, what a fucking terrible—I'm um, not going to interview with anyone unless you're in the top ten. 
That's 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 a little bit much for me. Oh, he's he's a total douchebag. Um, I mean the, the, the there's so many red flags about this guy. It's it's insane, which is why he could potentially yeah. spiral down the board. But his upside is just that tremendous. That team, somebody's going to take a shot at him in the top ten. Um, I mean, for sure. If I'm the Bears at nine, like I would I would pull a plug on that. I would I would absolutely take him. Oh, you, I trade out of the number one pick, acquire extra picks, and then I wind up with the best player in the draft still. I'd be sitting pretty if I was Ryan Poles in that situation. That's my biggest nightmare. All right. Um, dude, so what's going on with this Aaron Rodgers jet stalemate? Um, I, I think it's not going to happen until after the draft at this point. The Jets are probably going to try to take a tackle at 13, um, whether that's Paris uh, or Broderick Jones or whoever, um, so that they can protect Rodgers, right? Uh, and then they're they'll figure out the trade circumstances after that. I think it would be smart on the Jets' part to, if the Packers are really dug in on, no, we need this, you know, you have to give us such and such picks, and they're really not willing to do it, I'd say, fuck it, and okay, the draft is already over, let's just sign Lamar and go forward with a quarterback that we know is going to be here for the next five years instead of a quarterback that is probably going to play it too. Yeah, two first-round picks for Lamar, it's just, it's too much. Um I got a theory about this Jets uh, Packers stalemate, and uh, I actually think it's something that Aaron Rodgers is doing, and he's actually playing it pretty smart. I think he's playing hardball with the Packers. He's yeah. like, trade me, or I retire, yeah. or even worse, I come back and fucking play for you. <laughs> <laughs> that is, I don't know why more players don't don't strong arm teams like this because he holds all the cards. The Packers, yes, they have a lot of leverage because Aaron Rodgers says he wants out. But if I'm Aaron Rodgers, I play the ultimate dick move, and I go, listen, you either trade me for a reasonable price, not multiple first-round picks so that I don't completely crush the team that I'm going to, but you trade me for a reasonable value so that you can get rid of my contract, which which is truly what you're trying to do. The Jets take on the the entire thing. You pay a second-round pick... I think that Aaron Rodgers is trying to drive down the price that the Packers can get for him. Because I <clears throat> initially, I'll bet the Packers asked for multiple first-round picks, and the Jets are probably like, go fuck yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're not paying that for a 38-year-old. And no one else is either. So, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But, like you said, he does. But do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. It seems like that's the case, because Aaron Rodgers has cut off all ties of the Packers. Right. So, I think he's trying to strong-arm them, and I kind of respect it. I'd, I would... Wouldn't be terribly upset for if the Jets won a Super Bowl under under Rodgers. Like Newman finally gets to experience that, but uh, more importantly, it's just more of like a, the mo of Rodgers to be like, "Fuck you." Like, <laughs> it would be pretty sick. In, in anything that goes wrong for the Packers, I'm on board with. Right, you and Big Cat are aligned on that one. Oh, absolutely. Oh my god, I fucking hate the Packers so much, man. I, the, the the Bears, the Lions, you're completely harmless. The Packers, <laughs> go fuck yourself. And the Packers fans, Packers fans are awful. Yeah. God, they're shitty people. <laughs> nobody's from Wisconsin either. Like, like nobody's from there. No one wants to be there. No, nobody's from there. I, I meet so every Packers fan I've ever met, they're not from Wisconsin. Like, what are you doing? Like, yeah, I picked them up in the 90s for a far. Like, go fuck yourself. <laughs> All right. Uh, what are the Ravens doing? Um, they signed Odell Beckham. Like what? What seriously? Like what are the Ravens doing? This is this is so on Ravens. Like they spent a lot of fucking money. Like Odo Beckham is now one of the most one of the highest paid 
AV guys in the fucking league. Yeah. In Didn't terms they of bring in Nelson Aguilar too? Yeah. So they're uh, they're loading up that receiver room for uh, for whoever their next quarterback is going to be. Um, in oh. terms of Lamar, I think that they're just content with letting another team negotiate his salary, sign him to an offer sheet, and then say we'll match it or we want additional picks. It's, I, it's, I, yeah, it's just it's just not happening. Before. I don't think it's going. It should happen ideally if they're going to move him before the draft. Um, you know, we, we've talked plenty. About I don't think Lamar. it happens before the draft. That, that'd be the best time, but it, it's not going to. Yeah. But no, nothing will happen until that contract is signed. And so, because until that yeah. it has to get signed, because then he can rework it elsewhere. And right. then, then, because teams will be obviously way more inclined to do so instead of having to pay and, you know, give out those, all, all those first round picks. Mm-hmm. So, but like, um, this is so unRavens esque. They never pay wide receivers. Nineteen million dollars for one year is insane. Um, and then Odell Beckham comes out with these really confusing comments about when he signed with the Rams in twenty twenty one. He said that they did a MRI or whatever, and they say he doesn't have an ACL. What does that even mean? What is he talking about? I don't think he knows what he's talking about. I legitimately don't think he knows what he's talking about. I mean, I'm not sure. I guess in the physical, they could say, you know, when they signed him, he's just, they told him he didn't have an ACL, and he he was like, well, whatever, I'm still going to play. I've been playing fine. Um, So what took him out of the Super Bowl? (laughs) So here's the thing, right? Um, There was a running back back in the day that actually played for the Bucs. His name's Ricky Bell. He wound up dying of Hodgkin's lymphoma. Um, tragic, but he was a really good player for a couple of years. Went to USC. He was part of that whole USC running back thing um, where they just had a streamline of like OJ Simpson and just stud after stud after stud, right? Um, and when they did his autopsy, they actually found that he did not have an ACL in either knee. Um, because his legs were so strong that the muscle was capable of holding the kneecap in place, which is essentially what the ACL does, right? So as a football player, and this I know speaking from my own experience, having torn an ACL and continuing to play on it, not necessarily realizing that it was an ACL until after the fact, um, you once you once the swelling goes down and the knees pop back into place and stuff like that, um, you can function pretty normally, and your muscle, if you're strong enough, will be able to hold it in place for a large period of time until you have what is kind of more of a more you put enough pressure on it to to dislocate again right so i think what happened is he was playing without the acl if if we're to believe that that's true if he's playing without the acl and he's running around once you make a real hard cut on that surface right that surface isn't a great your foot gets stuck or something like that and it pops out now it causes swelling and it's dislocated and it, the amount of pain that you're in, you're not able to then continue to play on it. That, that is the hypothetical scenario in which this could have occurred. Hmm. I don't buy it. I think OBJ is just BSing. I mean, to make, trying to make himself sound more badass for that, 2020. That would also not surprise me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because he definitely doesn't uh, have the uh, uh, superior leg strength like a Ricky Bell. Yeah. I don't, I, 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 Quadzilla. I'm, just, I'm just not buying it. Not buying it. Yeah. All right, uh, well, let's talk some some quarterback talk, uh, and we can't do that without talking about some recent a tweet from uh, <laughs> Colts owner, Colts owner, where he basically just gives up all the cards. <laughs> like <laughs> the Colts, are they drafting a quarterback based on their owner who does a lot of pills and drinks a lot of alcohol and just, co- and cocaine yeah. in the bathroom when uh, he has 
Josh McDaniels and his wife over for dinner before hiring him to be the head coach. Oh, Yo, gangster. Yo, that's, that's a gangster move. That, I, I'm, I'm not going to hate on the guy for that. But um, tweets out just basically like, are we going to take a quarterback? And it like goes down. Um, this, this Read the whole tweet for him. Uh, you read it. All right. For the 23 draft, we have many options. With the number four pick, we could stay put and take a quarterback. Or trade up and take a quarterback. Or trade down and maybe take a quarterback. Or not. All options on the table, but we like our position and are excited. Fire up. Football. Then it is tweeted out with a picture. The picture features Anthony Richardson, CJ Stroud, Bryce Young, and Will Levis. Yeah. (laughs) So he's literally telling you who he's thinking about. And when he says, or not, there's a frowny emoji like ah. it's just the regular <laughs> smiley face thing i think but, uh, yeah. i think it's it's not a super excited it's it's not a it's not a happy yeah. emoji it's uh so i think it would have been better if it was a, if it was like the laughing crying emoji or not laughing crying well and so the, the big <laughs> the biggest thing about this is that the colts are at four yeah so a lot of people think they might trade to three because another team might try to overstep them and pop up the three and grab the guys. So it's basically like they're giving up all their leverage with this tweet. Mm-hmm. We now know that the Colts want a quarterback and we probably, they probably want Anthony Richardson. Yeah. I mean, I think that he f- would fit well in the Steichen system. They signed Gardner Minshew so they can play Gardner Minshew for a year or two and let Richardson develop. It wouldn't be an awful situation. I don't think. Um, and, and it kind of stops until the, Anthony Richardson's the starter. <laughs> right. And I mean, if they fail to develop him, then obviously that that's not going to work out. But well, if they're trying to develop that quarterback, he's going to be a failure. Maybe a wide receiver. I mean, I know you guys are pretty down on him. I don't think I, he's obviously got a ton of tools. I don't know that I buy that he's going to be a good quarterback, but I'm not going to completely rule it out. Yeah, so let's talk about it. Make make your declarations known. Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Will Levis, Anthony Richardson, Hendon Hooker. Wh- who do you guys like? And who's going to be... All right, so, so just make, it, make a declaration. Like, which of these quarterbacks is going to be successful in the NFL? And who do you hate? So... Who's going to be a bust? I think that Stroud is going to be successful in the NFL because he has the highest floor. No matter what team he goes to? Yeah. I don't think so. Nope, I'm 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 a Bryce Young guy. I have been since he fucking smoked Miami in my, his opening My day. issue with Bryce Young is he's small, and I think he's going to get hurt. That's yeah. prejudice, but all right. Yeah, <laughs> I mean it is. It's it's biased towards uh, smaller people, but we he he's just he doesn't have the thickness that a guy like even Kyler has. He's not as thick as Kyler. He's thinner. Um, he doesn't have the thickness that a guy like Russell Wilson does, and he is short. And, you know, yes, quarterbacks are more protected nowadays, so they take a few or less hits, but he's a, a little bit of a mobile guy. He's not a guy that's necessarily they're going to use in the run game, but he is a guy that kind of like Kyler, you're going to have to have that real good, real strong, like Drew Brees up the middle uh, in order for him to be able to see the passing lanes kind of thing. And then also one catastrophic hit, and he's done forever. Not that that's not the case with most quarterbacks, but like a smaller guy, it's just more likely that he gets hit and takes a shot that, that he can't recover. Coming Stop out. comparing him to Kyler Murray. He's nothing like Kyler Murray. I'm talking about of, physically. Okay, good. Yeah. Because I've heard people compare him to Kyler Murray. Here, here's what Bryce Young is similar to Kyler Murray in two different things. Height. He's short and he's black. 
end of, end yeah. of comparisons. Well, a, that's why I said every, that's why I said Kyler is thicker than he is, yeah. right? So yeah. Yeah. I, I I I think Bryce Young the the better comparison is is definitely Drew Brees. He, he he's he's a super good leader. He's got great accuracy. I think Bryce Young, when he plays, is going to be an exceptional quarterback. I I, I, agree. I agree. I agree with you there. I agree. I do think he's going to struggle with injuries, though. Um, the, the 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 quarterback comparisons that I've seen, and I, I like them all. I saw the Kyler one. I throw it out. I think if you're comparing him to Kyler Murray, it's a lazy comparison. You're just seeing a short. He's not nearly as athletic as Kyler. He doesn't have nearly the arm. He is a accuracy poised guy. That he Drew Brees. He's, he Drew Brees when he first came out came out of the draft was a really mobile quarterback, but not like, you know, it wasn't insanely fast, but Drew Brees was mobile at one point in his career. Functionally uh, mobile. Yeah, undersized. When he played with the Chargers and for a couple of years with 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 uh, the Saints, he was just he was just kind of mobile. That's why how I think Bryce Young is going to be. I, I think he's a great leader. You see the guy, he 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 is exceptionally, I think he's super intelligent. Um he's super accurate. I don't think he has a big arm. Drew Brees, I've also seen Tua Maybe maybe for the injury reasons, maybe for the accuracy. But the one I like the most is he's an undersized Tony Romo. I really like that comparison a lot. It's interesting. Yeah. I, I, I think it's great. The, the, what he does well is exactly what Tony Romo does, just a little bit shorter. So, so he's the guy you're betting on? No. I, okay. I, I don't think he'll you're be... Just, you're just arguing the case for I, it. I think Bryce Young is going to be a really good player, but I think he's going to have the problems that you say. Yeah. He's not going to be able to be on the field much. Yes. Yeah. C.J. Stroud is the number one quarterback for me in this draft. Yeah, absolutely. So, so that's my. For me, Stroud is also the guy that's the more guaranteed. Sound um, off on Will Levis. What are your thoughts? So, I get declaration on Will Levis. Yeah, actually, I do like him. Um, he's got a big arm. He's kind of got a lot of the traits. Uh, I, I've kind of got him. Him and Hendon Hooker. I really have them as like two A, two B because I've I've got Stroud as my four quarterback. Um, and then uh, I'm not I'm not going to add Anthony Richardson. In. I don't believe, I think it's so stupid, but that's where I'm at. Bryce, and then I can I'm Hendon Hooker has really been growing on me. Um, just one of those guys that like last year I was like, oh, is this another one one and done thing? But then I didn't. I the more I looked into it, he's actually kind of yeah. progressed as he's gotten further along in his career, uh, which I like for like the future of wherever he goes. So yeah, Levis and Hooker can be two A two B, and then you can go down to Stroud. I, so the, the thing with these guys is I think all of them have good tools, right? That's why they're being talked about as first-round picks, but they all have flaws. They're, there's no perfect prospect in the bunch. Um, and I think where they go is obviously going to be the most important factor for whether or not they're going to be successful outside of injury concerns. Stroud, the knock on him is he went to Ohio State, which was a ready-made system that is cares to quarterbacks. He had stud-wide receivers every year that he played there. Um, and he also had a really good offensive line the entire time. So he never really, he didn't really have a lot of adversity. And then taking all that into consideration, never won a national championship, never won a Big Ten title. Like, so, you know, th- th- there's there's legitimate questions about him. Um, and there's legitimate questions about most Ohio State quarterbacks to this point. I think CJ Stroud is kind of a douchebag based, based on what I've been reading. I think he has all the physical talent. So I think you got to go for him. Uh, Will. Levis, I absolutely hated until I found out how fucking weird he is. And now I kind of like him, but <laughs> he's he, super here, likable here, too. Here's my problem with Will Levis. I think he's, I think he's guaranteed going to be drafted in the top five. And if, if if you could draft him at like twenty five, I think that's much more palatable. In 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 sync with what I think his actual 
value I love, is. I, I do love his upside, but I don't think just straight up, if I had to call right now, I don't think he's going to be a good quarterback. Yeah. And I, I think I think that his his NFL future relies very much on the team he goes to. So I think best case scenario in this draft, two teams I'm, I'm looking at, actually three teams I'm looking at that he could go to that he would he would be successful at. The Oakland Raiders. I think he would be a great player for Josh McDaniels. Uh, th- that, that's a great guy that Josh McDaniels could truly develop. And I hate Josh McDaniels as a head coach. He's a really good offensive coordinator and a good quarterback coach. Uh, number two, the Seattle Seahawks. I think that Will Levis would succeed in that system. I, I think that he would be an awesome player uh, to to kind of lead up Geno Smith in the future with. I know there's a lot of talk about them taking Hen and Hooker, but I think Will Levis in that system would be awesome. And I think number three, hate to say it, Minnesota Vikings, yeah, gets to sit behind Kirk Cousins for a year, um, and uh, it, it terrifies me. If the Vikings could take him, just straight up at twenty three. But all these reports about us trading up, I just don't think he's a top five yeah. pick. I don't certainly don't think he's a top ten pick. So some knocks against Levis, um, or well, let's the positives are obviously the po- the positives are obviously that he is big, fast, strong. Um, he did play in a pro-style system uh, for multiple years there at Kentucky. Um, some of the knocks, he couldn't beat out Sean Clifford at Penn State. He uh, posts cringy pictures online all the time. He eats bananas with the peel on. He puts mayonnaise in his coffee. Uh, no, Do you but, think he's self-aware? Yes, Do absolutely. You, you think he's being funny? N- no, I think he actually legitimately enjoys those things, but he understands that they're weird, and he is doing the he's doing them for us you know, come on. You think he legitimately likes mayo and his coffee? Yeah, he likes mayo and everything. I think it's a joke. I think the mayo and the coffee thing's a joke. I mean, there's some positive benefits potentially for it. Um, but anyway, Ugh. getting beyond the the co- uh, like, I, I I'm not a coffee person in general, so to me, it doesn't hold any appeal. But anyway, moving beyond the coffee, uh, in terms of what other you know downside he has he's not tremendously accurate right um he has struggled with accuracy uh obviously his last year at kentucky his wide receiving core was decent but his offensive line was horrendous whereas the previous year he had a better offensive line he still had some nfl caliber wide receivers obviously wandell robinson being one of them um so you know he he played well that year and then he had a little bit of a regression year this year which could be expected. You look at a guy like Josh Allen, he had something similar happen. The inaccuracy is definitely a big thing. And then the processing, some people question whether or not he processes at a great level in order to be an NFL so you, quarterback. you agree he has to be developed? Absolutely. Yes. Um, so for I think that actually the Colts wouldn't be a bad system for him to go to because of Shane Steichen. I think he's a really good developer of quarterbacks looking at who he's worked at in the past um you know justin herbert philip rivers jalen hurts he has a track record of a track record of success or ending up anywhere on the shanahan mcveigh tree right so shane walden comes from uh the mcveigh tree so he's in seattle uh you mentioned kevin o'connor he's from also the mcveigh tree anywhere else you know if somehow the dolphins wound up with him and he wounds up playing for mike mcdaniel or 49ers or the Rams or anything like that um, I think would be a good fit for him the Raiders I could certainly see that working out I don't know that I love Josh McDaniels for him and I'm not I mean I guess he would have the benefit of time so so I remember I see I recall you being you have you had a similar opinion about Trey Lance as you are now caring about Anthony Richardson yeah um freakish athlete 
freakish athlete, but what are your actual opinions on Anthony Richardson? The, so, guy, the guy sucked in college, straight yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. He's so, bad. I mean, bad here's player. the thing, right? We've seen m- most quarterbacks who are successful at the NFL level have elevated their team to some degree in college, right? I mean, if you look at a guy like Joe Burrow, he obviously, you know, gets inserted at LSU, has one okay season, and then the next year the team absolutely takes off and they win the national championship, and he plays ridiculously well. Jameis Winston, who is the number one quarterback, number one pick in the NFL draft, he steps in for EJ Manuel, who was the first quarterback taken in his draft, and the team hits another level, right? They win a national championship. Those are the types of quarterbacks that I think are worth, are more worth betting on, especially the ones that have the tools. He has the tools. People like to compare him to Cam Newton. Here's the difference between Cam Newton and Anthony Richardson. Cam Newton never lost a college game he started. He was a stud. He never lost. He played. Do you know how many players on the Auburn offense that he played on, uh, the team that won the national championship, went on to play? Uh, do you know how many combined snaps hit the, the offense played in the NFL? Yes. I want to say it's like zero. <laughs> the rest of the offense, nobody played a snap of NFL football. Yeah, let's stop talking about Cam Newton. Anthony Richardson. No, I'm talking why, about comparing it to Why him. do you like Anthony Richardson? Why don't I like Anthony Richardson is he did not elevate a Florida team that had a really good so offensive line. you don't line. like him. I'm not, a, I'm not an Anthony Richardson guy. I'm just saying I'm not willing to rule out that he could be good. Huge bust. Biggest bust in the draft. Guy will not make it past his first contract. Yeah. I think I think his fifth option doesn't get picked up. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm I'm so sick of these guys getting elevated out of nowhere. Trey Lance playing in, in Division Two football. I watched every single one of Trey Lance's highlights. The guy is clearly inaccurate. Yeah, at Division Two playing against Division Two cornerbacks, throwing those passes to Christian Watson. The guy was wildly inaccurate mm-hmm. i'm sorry i you can see it on the fucking videos i've watched anthony richardson it's the same fucking thing i it's question his same. leadership ability as well and uh he had an opportunity to start a game uh against last year not this previous season but the previous season um and he got hurt dancing in the locker room before the game and then wasn't able to play he's He's not a guy that I would feel comfortable investing in a, fir- a first-round draft pick in if I was an NFL team. I just, I'm telling you, I've, I've called it out the last three drafts. I, I called Trey Lance was a, a bust. Last year, we called Malik Willis bust. I knew it. Some people had him in the top 10. I'm like, you're fucking insane. All this, those mock drafts we'd read. Straight up. The, this guy might not even be on a roster next year, Malik Willis. Now, Anthony Richardson, completely different. He's not undersized like Malik Willis. Like, Malik Willis is just pure speed, and he, has, he had an arm. Anthony Richardson, like, these guys, all this is built upon this Josh Allen fantasy that you can take a guy that was really bad in college because Josh Allen sucked in college. He did. He's a 50%. He, he had a, well, yes, accuracy, he, he definitely did. He never accuracy had a season where huge. he had 60%. Accuracy yes. is huge. I'm sorry. But he, he had a quality season at Wyoming as a junior. But, but Josh Allen, still, that, I'm telling you, that is what all these GMs are chasing. They're chasing this Josh Allen fantasy that you can develop this freak athlete into this great player. But you know what all these teams aren't going to have when they draft Anthony Richardson? They're not going to have Dable. And yeah. that is, that's an important thing. I think the most successful uh, Anthony Richardson could be, I agree with you, is Steichen. Go to the Colts. That, that's his best path. Straight up, that's his only path as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. If he goes anywhere else, he is a complete bust. But I think he's going to fizzle out of the NFL so fast, I don't understand it. I, yeah. I really don't. I think the guy sucks. How, how great for, you know, teams that understand or that 
are aware of this, like, are, are not on the, oh, we could get Josh Allen. How great is it for them to watch all these other teams salivate over the potential that somebody could turn into Josh Allen so that they make mistakes, right? Yeah, like, especially if you're, that, the, if, you're, yeah. if you're the, uh, if you're the Bill is watching the Colts, like, yeah. you're like, yeah, you're <laughs> fucked. But I'm, I'm telling you right now, I'm calling, I'm calling my, my, my shot that's being called Josh or uh, Anthony Richardson is a fucking bust telling you he will be and people you know compare him to cam newton cam newton was a fantastic passer before he had his shoulder injuries mm-hmm. he could throw a fucking ball and, and he was accurate and he mm-hmm. won a national championship and he and he did it with a shitty fucking team in auburn anthony richardson had a really good team in florida never elevated his team exactly what, like what you said people also like to compare him to i've seen some justin fields get the fuck out of here justin fields is a Elite passer. Yes. Once Justin Fields figures out fully how to utilize his cannon in the NFL, that guy's going to be unstoppable. Mm-hmm. They're not comparable players. Anthony Richardson is a bust. He's not Justin Fields. He's not Cam Newton. Yeah. It, it, it'll, it'll definitely help Justin to uh, not have to scramble like as soon as he gets the ball snapped to him. And maybe exactly. maybe having a good wide receiver to throw the ball to yeah. might would help. Christ almighty. <laughs> but good thing the Bears just aren't going to provide that to him. Mm-hmm. Uh do we want to talk about Hendon Hooker too? Yeah, let's let, let, let we'll end the pod because we're, we're already at a, a, over an hour. Uh, let's talk about Hendon Hooker. Um, here's a guy who I think has more upside than here's maybe a guy. straight. I, here's a guy who I think might have more upside than any player in the draft. Yeah, straight up. I'm I'm I'm, I'm telling you right now. Like if you read his draft profiles, like. Outside of the ACL tear, this guy is being talked about with all these other other dudes. He's probably a top ten pick, like no questions asked. Without the ACL tear, probably. I, I loved I love the list of weaknesses that um that they had for him in in uh that that's uh, they feel like strengths. <laughs> yeah. So his his weaknesses sustained a torn ACL, uh, coming off an injury, uh, rarely required to get through a slate of progressions, or maybe he just was really good in the offense and knew exactly where to throw the ball. He had um, great wide receivers. That's what a lot of he, people try he, to knock him he for. He did, and the offense kind of dictates where you should throw the ball, but he still did it at a ridiculous rate. Um, sailed too many of his throws between the hashes, whatever. That's kind of correctable, especially if you get him in a good program. Um, struggled when forced to throw on the move. Maybe we don't need him to throw on the move. Uh, left touchdowns on the field. Whatever. Every quarterback leaves touchdowns on the field. Um, like, it's just... That's it. There's no, like, wildly inaccurate. There's no, like, struggles with leading a team. Everywhere he went, at Virginia Tech, they were fucking idiots for letting him leave. Um, Justin Fuente not in, not empowering him. That cost him his job, and now he's, you know, not even a, um, a, a college head coach or anything anymore. He goes to Tennessee. They actually didn't even start him the first game. They started Joe Milton, and then, the, you know, I think Milton got hurt or he was unperforming, and then they put Hooker in, and it's like, oh, this is what it looks like when you have a competent quarterback running your scheme. Yeah. I, I've been a Hennon Hooker fan for a long time. He's got prototypical size. He can move. Um, ACLs don't scare me off as, a, you know, a two-time ACL uh, recovery over here. So, yeah, I, I think that he'll be a really good quarterback. And But system does matter. The knock against him is that the system that he played in is has not really produced a good quarterback. But I think his, his Virginia Tech system was just fine, so. Yeah, plus it's a pretty sweet jersey to have that says Hooker, I'd say. Yeah, uh, hell yeah. Uh, That's definitely in the positive I, category. Honestly, you'd have to be happy if, if Minnesota takes him. At 23? So, yeah. yes. yes. If they trade up, I'll be devastated. But if we take him at 23, I'll be happy. Listen, 
not what I want us to do. By the way, don't want us to draft a quarterback, but if it's Hendon Hooker that we're looking at and he drops to 23, I'm completely satisfied with that. I think he's going to be a better NFL quarterback than Will Levis. I think he's going to be a better NFL quarterback than Anthony Richardson. So, yeah, if that's what flows, let it be so. And you want to talk about elevating a team, right? He beats Alabama. Um, that the team was in line in order to, uh, you know, win the SEC before he gets hurt. So My problem is I think he might – I think he might be Teddy Bridgewater. I've, I've, wa- I've watched his plays, and I don't know, man. He kind of reminds me of Teddy. Maybe it's the five, <laughs> and it's just giving me fucking – but I was really – I think he's got a bigger arm. Do you? I okay. Do. Yeah. All right. Maybe I'm just, I don't know. I have PTSD. <laughs> By the way, the Vikings have never drafted a quarterback in the top 10, ever. Yeah. Ever. It's kind of crazy. That's incredible. Yeah, wow. Keep, keep yeah. that streak alive. Yeah. Um, so, hmm. Okay. Any closing thoughts, boys? Just ready for the draft. Yeah. I mean, definitely ready for the draft. So, we'll have more content coming at you, I think, next week, right? Before the draft, a little preview section. Yep. So. It's keep doing pods. Sorry for the uh, time off. We needed a break. Our Facebook page got thrown in jail. Our Instagram also appears to be in jail. So, yeah. Some shitty things happen, but uh, we're moving on. But uh, go Rays. Yeah, go Rays. Any closing thoughts, Marcus? Baseball is fun. Baseball is fun. <laughs> All right, boys. Good night.